welcome to the Beers of Bands podcast with your host, Michael Torres. Wow, there's a big button saying join computer audio, stay in the space. We got three music audio guys here. Can't figure it out. I feel like this it's always a funny test to see how musicians can handle like connecting to audio during Zoom. Uh, like I just recorded with someone the other week and they for some reason got it to where they can only hear me through a set of headphones, but there was four people in the room. So they like would have had to pass the headphones around the entire time. Oh no! <laughs> so they were like, "Well, all, all of our practice stuff is downstairs. Let's go get it like a speaker real quick." And I was like, "All right, figure it out. You guys, phone, you know, go down the <laughs> yeah, line." Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, other than that, I usually crack my beer to start the episode, so I'm going to do that, and I'll do the little intro, and then uh, bring the three of you in. Let's nice. do it. <laughs> three. Every day is the same, it's the same, and then it's over before it even began. Every day is the same, it's the same. I wonder if it's ever gonna change. I told it, except the notion that it's less for come to let them hoard their wealth. Right behind the news, you own 600 million dead eyes, clapping unisonal, walking, unisonal, walking. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers with Bands. This week, I'm sitting down with yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Uh, how are the three of you guys doing? Doing good. Doing all right. Great. Made it through another work day, and that's <laughs> that's, uh, that's something. Yeah. yeah, that's that's all you can hope for at this point. Where I mean, we're one day closer to Friday, almost to the weekend, and then you know get to relax for a couple days. Yes. <laughs> um, like I mentioned, you are yes, yes, a thousand times yes. For people that might not be aware, um, it's the, the the group is basically like a a math punk uh genre bending group from pittsburgh uh i mean you've been away from the limelight so to speak for a few years but you know you're back with the new record that we'll get into but i feel like we should kind of start at the beginning and at least say who you are and what you do in uh in i don't know do you guys have like a good way to uh shorten the name i know like there's the characters when when you're typing but like do you guys just say we just yes, call it yes. yes, yes, pretty much. Okay. That's our little, our nomenclature. Amongst <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, will, will you go through and say who you are and what you do in Yes, Yes? Yeah. Uh, so I am Dan Hegendorf. I'm the guitarist and singer and I guess brainchild. I write all the songs and uh, teach these guys to varying degrees. I, <laughs> I don't like to tell them too much what to play. I kind of let them do their own thing but um yeah that's that's me uh yo i'm cameron i play bass uh crack jokes uh host band practice <laughs> all essential functions <laughs> uh i'm ryan ruff uh i play drums and uh i do audio stuff okay great yeah ryan was like the, the main technician the main audio guy for this record we recorded it all ourselves so Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, major props to you. Like this, 
like I said before we fully started, this record sounds amazing. Um, everything you guys have going on in it is just kind of mind-boggling at some, at some points, um, just because <laughs> there's so much going on in such a good way. Um, but for people that might be aware of Yes, Yes, in, in 2016, you put out your first LP, um, not to put your names, uh, called Not Once, Not Never. And, you know, I feel... I was unfortunately out of like my, I stepped away from the music scene around that little before that. So I was not familiar with this, but that LP, but that was a fun listen to, to go back. Cause I listened to that at least three or four times through and then listened to this new record to kind of get a full feel for, you know, the group dynamic. Um, so people listening definitely still go check that one out because it's still super solid. Um, and then in 2017, you released a split and you know, that was the last, uh, media that you had put out since I mean this this album comes out uh, June twentieth, um, yeah. so it's been you know six years, uh, if give or take if you count pandemic years. I usually try and avoid counting those because everyone was on you know hiatus during yeah. that. But take me kind of back three, like three years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was last year. Twenty seventeen just happened. <laughs> right yeah it's a break time is not real come on yeah it's all a concept yeah. really yeah you're right it's it's been radio silence pretty much for for a while um we have i should have mentioned earlier this is a new lineup we had a total completely different lineup going into or like right before the pandemic and went on hiatus in like 2019 i ended up kind of having like a mental breakdown so a soft breakdown i guess you would call it where i just like quit my job and then I tried to take my two weeks back and then they were like no we're actually just gonna let you leave and I was like okay so went back to my parents house and in uh Philly suburbs from Pittsburgh and uh was living there for like 10 months kind of figuring my shit out and unfortunately I had to like disband with our previous band members and uh I ended up getting another job at I think like four months before the pandemic started. So moved back to Pittsburgh in like November, 2019 or yeah, 2019. And I met, I kind of, I re-met Cam cause we had like kind of knew each other before I'd left, but it was one of those things where we like re-linked up and we're like, are we going to be best friends? <laughs> like why, why haven't we been, been best friends this whole time? And Ryan was living with Cam at the time. So I met Ryan just through serendipity of kind of hanging out with Cam again. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, I'd like to start Yes, Yes back up again. And it just so happened that Cam is a really talented, you know, guitarist and bassist. And Ryan really shreds at drums and has recorded stuff in the past. So it really just fell into my lap. Like, I kind of just looked at Ryan like, are we gonna be best friends? Are you, are, are you gonna record my next album? Like, are we doing this? And so we, we started practicing. I joined Cam's band. We're also kind of main the main components of Cam's band, Lawn Care, um, where me and Cam switch roles. I play bass and Cam plays guitar and writes the songs and Ryan plays drums. And then we just have four horn players. So that's the difference right there um and 
yeah, we have been building up to this moment, I guess, for the past three years, like went from deciding to do this to the catastrophe of the pandemic. And we were practicing in Cam's backyard to like social distance for like the summer. Like it's like 85, 90 degrees out and we're sweating our asses <laughs> off in the backyard trying to learn these like incredibly complicated riffs. And <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty wonky journey, but we've been hyper-focused for like the last three years on like learning these songs and recording. It's just seems like we've been dormant, you know, for six years because we didn't have anything to really, you know, we played a few shows and stuff, but we were kind of just getting ready for this release and getting through recording, which was like a, a beast in and of itself. A lot of technical setbacks and gear acquisition <laughs> yeah no I, I mean mad props for you know wanting to to get back together and uh and restarting and you know especially practicing outside in you know in that heat like it's getting <laughs> like 90 right now in like minnesota and i feel like terrible uh dog shit every time i walk outside i'm like this sucks <laughs> i can't i can't imagine doing anything like physical thankfully i have like a nice indoor desk job uh so i don't have to worry about that but i mean props to to the three of you for powering through that um do you remember that moment where because i know you you have been playing like uh like these fest uh there's like the uh, i don't remember the name of it i'm super bad with names but there was like this fest that you guys play in like the pittsburgh area uh you guys have played for like the last few years i feel like that's kind of been your main like way back into the the scene pro like as you guys are getting uh more shows and like getting ready for this release do you remember that initial moment of getting back on that stage to play for the first time of just like how that felt oh man so the first time yeah millville music festival is like the really awesome pittsburgh music fest that i think just had its fourth year this like a couple weekends ago and the first time we played was at a bar in indoors notably called bar three i think and we rolled up and the got the sound guys were just kind of like fumbling around like asking me for help like what do you think about this i'm like dude i don't know like you should <laughs> you should probably have a plan like i don't know if i'm the, the person to be asking so that was i feel like that was kind of a like a you know representative uh moment in like how it felt to be playing again it's just like this it doesn't feel surreal and like not prepared but we ended up having a great show and i i just remember feeling like really energized and you know kind of like rejuvenated like i really missed it because for me it was like yeah the pandemic screwed stuff up but also i hadn't been playing shows in general for like since 2017 I, like we had a two-week tour with our past lineup and then kind of you know I guess we had shows in 2018 I can't remember the exact timeline of the you know disintegration of like the full band I think probably like 2018 we were playing shows getting ready to record but yeah it was it was a great feeling and then weren't able to really ride it for too long we just like went into recording mode and we've only played like a handful of shows since that moment but i don't know how do you how did you guys feel at that first show it was weird that's for sure it was, 
I personally was uh, scared shitless. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I definitely like remember like setting up and like see like the like I can vividly remember like the place we played. Mm-hmm. But uh, I probably would compare it to like if you ever like drive a car and you just like get to your destination, you're like. I don't remember driving. I remember counting off the first song and then I remember like hitting the last note and being like, I guess that happened. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, don't, I, I feel like in some ways the like the timing worked out with the pandemic in terms of like, like Dan mentioned, me and Ryan were living together. And so we already had like a quarantine bubble there. And I feel like kind of as time went on and like, I don't know about you, but I feel like everyone had like this eventual kind of like settling of like, okay, here's the like two people in my bubble that I can see so I don't go insane. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, it's a lot of Zoom calls. So I feel like, you know, we kind of, it, it was kind of the three of us. And so it allowed us to spend a lot of time like drilling the stuff and recording. And I feel like we were able to like really buckle down and get a lot done while the world was like frozen and in a panic at the same time. Uh, so I feel like we put a shitload of time in during that period and then to like i mean i don't know at the time it was like are we ever going to play shows again like i remember we had Mm -hmm. we had like two shows booked in like march 2020 and then it was you know it was like in the course of days it was like the whole world was like no that's definitely not happening it's going to be a long time before that happens so Mm -hmm. i feel like it was really it felt good but strange uh to like to do that again Uh, and i feel like it was I, I don't know. I was really worried that just shows in general were like not going to happen in the future. So to have that, well, you know, it was like our show, but also just to like be able to go and have live music be a, a part of life again was, I don't know. It was great. Yeah. I, even recently in like 2022, we had two shows booked and that was kind of like, okay, guys, we're back. We're doing stuff again for real. Not just like Millville music fest and like, no, insult to the fest obviously just like that was all we were doing you know and then those both of those shows got canceled because of like covid outbreaks in allegheny county and it was just it was like okay this is dragging on for years and years like you know it's very serious but also it's it's sad that you know you can't have that creative performative outlet that i mean i I'm sure you guys feed off of as well, mm-hmm. you know, like I, it's a really important part of my life and you kind of just have to like suck it up and say, okay, I guess public health is like a little bit more important than my sense of self-worth. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, also like, you know, not playing for so long and then finally like <laughs> reforming and then being like, okay, we're going to do this and then have to, the pandemic happen. Um, the fact that you didn't let that deter you from just being like, you know what, fuck it, this is a sign, like maybe we should not be bringing yes <laughs> back. Because like, I, I've, I mentioned this on a few different episodes where like, I mean, now I don't mention it as often uh, since we're so far kind of removed from those initial years, but there was a lot of bands that just were like, this is this is it, like uh, we're, we're kind of done, there's no way we're ever coming back and you still have not heard a peep from them. Um, yeah and it's it's crazy just to see how easy it was just to like like lose see people kind of like lose their outlet and then just like not try and do something to keep going um thankfully you know there's a lot of bands out there that i 
most of the bands that I, I generally listen to thankfully stayed together. Like they were able to do stuff. And like, I've met so many people like doing this, that, you know, powered through it, whether it's, you know, doing, uh, sending demos across, uh, to each other, or, you know, doing what you guys kind of did where you already had your small bubble and then just being like, okay, we're going to add one person to this. And this is our, our bubble is our band. If you fuck up and talk to anyone else and you bring it in, like shame on you, but like, this is our bubble. Um, so, I mean, everything that is all these hurdles you guys keep going through, uh, it's so nice to see it finally paying off, uh, here in about 20 days, uh, 19 days. We're on June 1st right now, uh, for, you know, the release, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of your second LP, um, after seven years. Uh, so, I mean, it, it it's nice that you're you powered through you we're here we're so much closer um to this to this uh to this lp called super tiny infinite dance which man it's like I, I can't express how much i love listening to this <laughs> and even like because like i said I, I went back and also listened to not once not never quite a few times and to see um i wouldn't say like a drastic change but there is definitely a change in uh in feeling between the two uh releases and obviously you know dan correct me if i'm wrong on any of this this is just an outside perspective but i feel like this one is there's so much more angst right off the bat um and especially coming out of you know pandemic and and everything that's been happening like i feel like this is a great record to come out and i've like i've said it multiple times on, on the recent episodes where 2023 i really feel like is this emo revival year and this is fitting right into all of that. Yeah, there's, I feel like I don't set out to write like sad songs, like emo, you know, but it just happens, I guess. Like, I don't think it's over the top, you know, but. Yeah. It's yeah. not like mom jeans emo. It's more just like angsty emo, uh, if that clarifies anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I It's interesting because even like to me, because a lot of these songs I wrote or wrote in some form around the same time as like LP one. And there are definitely some songs that are just like completely new from like 2019 or like we're really forming right before we like recorded the album. But a lot of them like slush fund is probably like the oldest song that I've written. That is a yes, yes song. You know, like I definitely remember writing that in like 2014 and it was just existed on my hard drive for like how many years, you know? And so, I mean, it's, I agree that it has a different vibe than like the first record. I think it, a, a bit of that is just kind of like curation of like grouping songs to like what I chose to like include on the first record. And, you know, like Dylan Chafalo was, is the old drummer and he wrote like three of the songs on the first LP. So there's kind of like that different songwriter aspect to it as well versus all of the ones on this album are written by me. So I don't know, it, I, I'm like really proud of this album in that it's, it's to me feels more like a sophomoric record, whatever that means, just like a little more matured songwriting wise and refined, like I'm really happy with the tones and recording quality that we got just recording it ourselves. Like I didn't expect not like I didn't expect much, but I just, we weren't using a studio, you know, like 
so you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> right and ryan really pulled through and did like an incredible job so i feel like yeah, all around like songwriting wise like just a lot of development from the first record the like you know i feel like angst can c- come from a lot of different places and i feel like when i look at like the dan's lyrics on this record it's about some grown-up ass shit you know like i feel like and this is probably true for like a lot of like diy bands that are like you know there's the songs that you like write when you're you know 20 years old and then you record a few years later and then the next release is like you know you're actually like dealing with more adult themes more like you know like issues with society and like i feel like once you kind of like as you kind of you know continue writing songs uh you're able to kind of like tackle things more globally and i don't i feel like uh lyrically songwriting wise like like you said just like you know a lot of development and yeah i don't know i'm really proud of it and i think dan's songs kick ass <laughs> yeah i mean there i see exactly what you're saying cameron where a lot of the like, lyrical content is more grown up and like more grown up uh problems like especially like with the first single that came out uh, a few weeks ago numb some like the way that that starts out um you know talking about how like it's the most expensive uber you've ever taken uh mm-hmm. and you know it's it's literally talking about you know correct me again correct me if i'm wrong uh like an ambulance ride to the hospital where you know that's those are adult problems now where it's like fuck i we have to i have to fucking pay for this and you know deal with insurance to do all this where like yeah you know six seven years ago who like what like more teenage person is going to be like oh, i'm going to talk about like insurance and bills and yeah all that stuff like I'm yeah gonna, I no feel- i'm going to talk about like getting fucked up with my friends instead right yeah i find it hard to like find the nuance of like getting fucked up with your friends like <laughs> to convey that in songs <laughs> um yeah a lot i feel like some or a lot of the record is just kind of like marveling at like the fact that fucked up things are still the status quo like it's like okay i've had time in my life to sit with this and identify this as a problem but here i am like 10 years later and that's still the way it is like it's still incredibly expensive to just like care for your body and like even a privilege to have access to healthcare and the, you know like the ability to care for yourself so and like again with like dead eyes clapping in unison what like our last single that we're going to be putting out is like just basically eat the rich type of vibes you know <laughs> like it's so cliche at this point but also like eat the rich like what the <laughs> fuck are we doing you know and it's like not even trying to be like hey i'm pointing out something that nobody's noticed it's just like hey this is still the way it is and i'm i want to comment on like that feeling of like why is you know if we know the problem and it's affecting people so much daily like why is it still the way it is you know and that is kind of like a childlike approach to it but in a more i guess refined way or just like sitting with it for years and years you know um, like I did mention, Numsum uh, was the first single and it came out on like the 16th of May. So I, at this point, we're you know, a few weeks uh, out from uh, past that, you know, mm-hmm. that being the first new song in six years, 
what was the response like on that? Because I, I feel like, I mean, I obviously was in communication with, with really rad records, shout out them. Um, <laughs> but I, I, like, I feel like I've also seen a good amount of people just like hyping that song up. Um, like, what's it been like so far? Yeah, I mean, it's been strictly positive. I don't, I, I don't know that anybody's going to be blowing us up saying, yo, this single sucks. <laughs> like, they, if they are, they're keeping that to themselves. But um, yeah, it's been really positive. And I think we're still like trying to cultivate an audience. Like, we're not the biggest band. We didn't like leave the scene being the biggest band ever. So we're, you know, still trying to get the word out there and like, you know, have lo- definitely lost followers probably just from being inactive for so long and stuff. But um, I think I'm anticipating that like once the whole album is out, it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to make some ripples, I, I think. And yeah. we've definitely got some, you know, a decent amount of streams on it so far and some some love from like different press, like media outlets and um and yeah i don't know it's really exciting to be on really rad because the first one we put out through broken world media and that was kind of just like yeah i'll I'll do tapes like you know that was like the extent of us putting it out through a label the first time um this is more of a kind of like cohesive approach to promoting the album and actually having it heard so um yeah i don't know it's it's been really trippy for me to like have people hear it just in general as well because we've been sitting with these songs for how long we're like yeah we like we know it's great like (laughs) you know i've heard the song like a thousand times i'm tired of it (laughs) but um yeah i don't know uh it's i'm just kind of like sitting here reflecting on it it's really trippy like i said (laughs) um I had a thought and then I don't want to like overhype the album now. You've already heard it a thousand times. Um, <laughs> no, I still listen to it. I listened to it the other day. Like it's still a great album. Okay, okay, okay. No worry. <laughs> we think poorly of ourselves. Hype us yeah. up. <laughs> we need this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if someone's like listening to this episode and you know they're not familiar with the SES, the one thing that I found really cool is that you can start a song in one like you can you guys will start a song basically like math rock and by the end of it you've hit three different genres in the one song um and it's just so crazy that like all that happens and you're like oh shit like that was just one song or like even within the the first five songs of the the record you get to the end of numb some and because you have that like long drawn out outro and you're like damn that was a crazy EP. And then the next song hits and you're like, oh shit, like there's still a whole like B side to this. There's so much more that I was not anticipating. And um, I don't know, basically it's, it's just so crazy that you pack all of that into not just one song, but like every song has so many crazy things going on in like the best ways. And it's it was like kind of refreshing rather than just listening to like the same like emo and pop punk shit that I listen to all the time where it it's changed up so much in just the one uh song like what's the thought process behind being like we're gonna pack everything into this song and just see how it goes 
I'll, I'll let Dan answer that, but I just want to say every time Dan would show at least me a song, I don't know if it was true for Ryan, I'd be like, there's no fucking way we're learning this. This is. Oh, I, I was just like, who do you think we are? Yeah. Like, we're not Rush. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, are they going to call my bluff? Like, are they actually going to try and learn this song? Uh, yeah, I, I think that for me, it like my songwriting approach lately has been like trying to address the like shortened attention span of myself and everybody that is happening from social media and just you know technology because I know that even when a band I like will put out new music I'll go to listen to it and then like 20 seconds into the first song I'm just like okay what about what's this what's what like I'm you know I'm driving what, what I'm, gonna, I'm actually feeling listening to Rush or whatever you know like <laughs> It's it's really hard to like keep people's attention nowadays, myself included, you know, like so I I think that it's kind of trying to trying to keep just that engagement, keeping people interested and keep myself interested. Like it's a challenge to try to weave between different genres or different vibes in the same song and maybe um I really like recycling riffs, but with a different tempo or different vibe, you know, like literally the same notes, but played in a different way. Like the movies in the beginning, there's like the intro is really slow and drawn out. And then within the next breath, it's like the same exact notes, but like probably 32, 32 times as fast, you know, or something (laughs) like just real quick. And so it's, I don't know. It's kind of like a, a fear of like losing people's attention, but also a fun challenge to like try to make it work and make it interesting. You know, like in general, I describe my band as like trying to synthesize pop and like the weirdest shit that I can incorporate in a song, you know, like how weird can I get before I, I lose the the listener? <laughs> Well, you definitely have not hit that wall yet because I'm still like super hyped and want to keep listening. Um, like it's it's just crazy things that that happen. Like especially like um, obviously it's got like a double title, but buzzing still and cousin house, um, where it kind of just towards the middle kind of just splits. And even though it's technically one song, it becomes two songs in in its listen, um, which I think is just really cool how like it flows so well to be able to do that. And just you know, keep it going. Yeah, that I mean, that was kind of like the wink, wink. Like this is two songs. I'm gonna give it two <laughs> two names with the backslash. Um, but I think that I think that they make sense. I didn't really want to split it up into two songs because the second half is a little more not like boring, but a little more consistent. Like it's just kind of verse, chorus, verse, chorus format, and playing with uh i don't know i just i didn't think that it would like stand alone on its own as a song you know and i i like it as like the tail end of that song or the the second half really (laughs) now i know like you mentioned uh some of these songs have been around since you know the original days of yes yes and then Mm -hmm. some have kind of come around uh closer to time to recording um is there a song that is on this record that changed drastically from the original 
idea to the final form? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, the one that definitely comes to mind first is spell casting. Uh, that one used to have a different title. It had different like lyrics for the pre-chorus. I changed them like last minute before we ended up like going to record vocals and the second half of the song did not used to exist. It used to be like a minute and 20 seconds or something. And I, that was while I was working with the, the past lineup, right? Like around before we split up and we thought it would be cool to like take that three, four riff and put it in four, four. Cause it's kind of playing with going between like three, four and four, four within the same melodic line. And then, for, so for the second half of the song, we just add one beat to like make it four four the whole time. And I don't, I you know, that was like a cool idea to me to to mess around with the listener's head like that and uh, make it. It I feel like it 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 feels like more of a fleshed out song and less of like an idea, you know, just like a minute and twenty second type of. Here's this verse chorus, and then it's over. Um, so yeah, I think that one structurally probably changed the most. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any ideas of stuff that's changed? I feel like you came into it with a pretty good idea. Like, I feel like you, you know, I, I get the impression, you know, what you want it to sound like mm -hmm. kind of when you, by the time you bring it to us, I feel like there are a few, the one that came to my mind was dead eyes. I feel like maybe just cause that's the one that like me and Ryan, I don't know about you, I, I, I felt like one of those we had to work the hardest on to learn, so I feel like there's probably a little bit more room for, like, interpretation on that, but I do feel like coming into it, it was, like, you know, it, the very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, just, like, very, kind fleshed of, out. yeah, fleshed out, like, already yeah. kind of, like, well-conceived. I think, yeah, I think the only song that I can think of that, like, changed from, at least from what I remember from, like, Dan first showing me the song is I feel like this the numb sum was the only mm. song where like compare at least in my mind I'm like I feel I remember them sounding very different than how it ended up but I think that is mostly because I think you and I have cool parts yeah. and it was uh, <laughs> not that dance parts when they showed it to us weren't cool it's just I think we were we kind of like turn those parts up to 11. Yeah, that's true. I guess just, that's like at the end where we were like the verses. I was the verses yeah. and you know the riff. The yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a few parts where I feel like uh, Ryan and I were kind of like, especially like during like solos and stuff. We were like, okay, we got to figure out some shit to do in the background here so that we're not, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also recording, like who we're not going to be able to recall all of the cool shit that we added recording, but there's always you know room to be adding stuff that was not originally conceived and oh, yeah. i mean definitely for the obvious one i guess is the end of numb Sum. like the the version that we released is like the single version so there's like a whole other song whole other minute of that song that will be like on the lp that is just like outro trippy looping pedal bullshit you know and kind of just like un, like a minute of noise you know and that is not was not in the original song obviously like we just had some fun and you know i was like i want to play with this pedal that i have like let's come up with something <laughs> some kind of cool 
it's like a nightmare lullaby vibe, I guess, is how I describe it. <laughs> the fact that we did not have time constraints, I think, really shows on that track mm-hmm. specifically. We just had time to just be like, what sounds cool? Yeah. I did, I, there was like, these two chuckleheads spent like a year <laughs> recording guitar part, like just straight up, like like two days a week for a year, just like like it was a job, you know. Like, like they were clocking into a factory. <laughs> I feel True. like when it went, like I recorded my bass parts and then like a year later, I was listening, like, where did we find eight more guitar players? Like how are there <laughs> so many fucking layers on this? So yeah, I feel like that's a good point about recording. Like, yeah, yeah. It, during that process, like having the freedom to just like add layers, take them away and mix stuff up, just like try shit. Uh, I feel like definitely, I, yeah. I remember I made Dan redo a good amount of guitars, and they were not happy. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just like, shut up, like, do them. <laughs> make it sound better. <laughs> I was like, dude, the boss needs this on their desk by next week. <laughs> I needed this done like what four years ago. <laughs> like, we do not have time to be redoing all these guitars. It's just like, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, fuck your boss. I mean, I think that just adds so much more to the fact that there was just no real time constraint. You could take it and just do what you wanted to and just kind of play around with it the entire time rather than just being like, oh, we've been, you know, yes, yes, has been away for so long. We got to get this out. We got to get this out. Let's get it finished. And especially like, you know, having Ryan in the, in, in the wheelhouse to like do it all in-house and, you know, most play, most bands that they would have to go to like a, a full studio and that studio would be like okay you guys are here for a week let's crank this out as much as we can and maybe come back in like a couple months or something like that if we don't get done where you know thankfully you, you like i said you have ryan right there so it's just like <laughs> yeah let's just do stuff as we're going and it's yeah it's cool that you're able to do all that and then obviously the single of num sum uh i didn't I've listened to the single version and I've obviously listened to like the album version and I didn't pay attention that it wasn't that that long outro wasn't in the the single version uh, yeah. but yeah I've definitely heard it in the album version yeah and, and at one point I would just uh kind of like it clicked because I just like let it all just like fade in and then I was it just clicked I was like wait this is a really long intro like there's a lot of stuff just going on <laughs> and it just it just like knowing this all now like it just it, it's kind of funny it just adds so much more to it yeah we you got to get that project rate when you go into the studio (laughs) up front you got to make it clear look we're gonna be here like seven days more at least (laughs) than are allotted and you're not we're not gonna acknowledge it until it's really awkward and too late (laughs) and we're gonna be coming in here giving you like five bucks an hour (laughs) yeah i don't know it's that is a good point that there was no time constraint like it really allowed us to like it just is really awkward and uncomfortable when you're in a studio like you're paying for the quality and just having that quality readily available but you at least from like not once not never to this album like yeah I definitely noticed a lot more like you just have time and willingness to like try shit that might not make it onto the album probably isn't going to make it onto the album but (laughs) hey we're like we're you know dicking around and it's like a saturday night we've been going all day like let's just try this out see what it sounds like right and 
it's a more yeah who knows that hopefully translates to the record that kind of like freedom and nonchalance you know yeah well i mean that's why i like having these conversations is because like you get a feeling for like the artists and the bands through their music but to like sit here and see like the vibes that you guys have and find out like oh no like yeah there was no time straight we were just more like having fun and like putting our ourselves into this like now when i go back and listen to it again like it's gonna add so much more of just like oh like they just got to do what they wanted like they did it how they wanted there was like there was no one at the end of the day or no producer being like actually why would you do a, a like a three minute outro on this song like don't do that like just cut <laughs> it here and no you guys got to do it how you wanted and put it out how you wanted and like to me that adds so much more yeah well it wasn't all fun i have to say just up front <laughs> but <laughs> the the work part feels like when you're like oh i gotta double i just recorded all these guitars and now you're telling me i gotta do that again <laughs> i gotta double everything it's, it's type two fun where it's fun when you reflect on it yeah but you're doing it you're like what the fuck am i doing here right fun adjacent I felt like yeah. the fun came in after we got like those basic guitar tracks where we were like really had to listen to make sure everything was like in tune and in time and then after you know we had that we were just like i remember like i felt like a kind of like a mind like a mindset shift like we were just like now it's the fun part yeah. mm-hmm. and like recording like i had a, i honestly had like a i remember having a ton of having a ton of fun like getting crazy distorted like lead tones and just getting the most trying to make the riffs shred as much as they could it was i don't know i feel like i listened to those songs and i have like fun memories of like getting those tones and like having fun for that part mm-hmm. i mean it was all kind of fun you know? yeah totally also like uh, it took it took so long that it's like we changed as people from the start of the recording to like actually finishing up in the beginning of this year or, like end of last year i guess mm-hmm. and it's really trippy to just like think back and think of all the shit that happened and like there were like months where we would just like take off because you know just like tragedy shit or whatever you know like stuff going on in life where it's like yo i'm not gonna be recording with you for a month dude you know (laughs) gotta take a we've been going hard at work you know this job for like two years now uh if someone you know is is kind of new to yes yes and they're you know finally finding you on with this record like what's something any true guys' words uh, that like they can expect to get out of this record? Oh man, that's a tough question. You guys want to go first? <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you gotta, yeah, I feel like there's, it's just like, I'm a big fan of like, a, as a songwriter myself i feel like i gravitate towards albums that give you a lot of little like nooks and crannies to like find stuff in and where like you can listen to it a hundred times and you're gonna find something new on that hundredth listen and i feel like that's a, what this record is for me is like every every like each each one of our parts is like very detailed very intricate uh the songs like reference other songs reference other parts of songs and so i feel like the fact that there's like 
the, the material there to kind of draw those connections and like find new stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think it's the kind of thing that if I had never, if I wasn't in this band and was listening to it for the first time, there's no way in hell I would be able to kind of like make all of the connections and like kind of see all those pieces and how they fit together on the first listen. Um, and that's, I don't know, those are the kind of things that I really gravitate towards in music. So um, yeah, I feel like it's a little, it's like an intricate kind of like puzzle box of sorts. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, it, it does that kind of thing very well. I feel like I can tell that you play D and D from your answers. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a very DM answer right. in the best way. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. It's like easy for me to forget that like songs reference other songs and like like because to me it's just so matter of fact now. Like I've just become it's become ingrained in me, you know, that maybe I don't realize that that would be like that's part of the reason that I wrote it like that in the first place type of thing, you know? But yeah, I mean, I think that the reason that I really like this record is that try not to take myself too seriously on it and not to like, that was definitely true of the first record, but I think there's like a healthy balance of like not taking yourself too seriously mixed with like legitimate shit that we should all be caring about, you know? And that's why I really am proud of this record. And I, you know, that's like a difficult balance to, to maintain or to, to cultivate. And um, in addition to all of the like technical aspects that I'm really proud of, you know, that to me also has become kind of just like second nature, but I, th I think that's going to happen when like, I've been playing guitar for like 20 years and I think sometimes like myself and all all kinds of musicians like don't we don't give ourselves credit for like how technical the shit that we're doing is you know or how good of a song we're we're writing or whatever because there are moments where i just sit back and i i'm like damn this record is really fun to listen to you know like it's like i was talking about earlier the attention span thing like it really keeps my attention as I'm listening, you know, but I don't know. What do you think, right guy? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> why, I, I, why would you listen to this record? What are you going to get out of it? Uh, I, um, when I, I don't know, whenever I listen to it, I feel like I feel, I don't know if like solace is the right word, but like comfort. Um, I feel like you really, like lyrically you touch on a lot of like as cam said earlier very adult themes um and i feel like i don't know i feel like um, well, we we are adults like i should be doing that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like i feel like as you get like as i guess i was getting older like as i was graduating college and becoming a real person uh i kind of felt very isolated because even though I logically knew other people around me were dealing with like very similar issues, I didn't like have any like, I guess like in a way like proof, you know what I mean? Like I was just like, oh, like everybody else is fine. Like I'm the one that's, that sucks, you know? Um, and like learning dance songs and like kind of what they're about and 
just actually like for so long I did not actually know any of the lyrics um, I was just like what the hell are you saying <laughs> and so when we started recording vocals especially I finally learned the lyrics and uh, I kind of was like in a way I was like oh yeah I'm not like every like I don't know other people think that it sucks that I can't take care of myself because I can't afford it or uh, at the time that we were recording I was working a real dead-end job that I fucking hated um and it was just one of those things where i was like yeah i don't know capitalism sucks i just felt like very not alone uh whenever i would play or listen to it (laughs) (laughs) no like i i can't stress enough how how much i enjoy listening to it and uh you know every kind of like what cameron says like every listen you realize more and more as to what's going on whether because, I mean, one, for lyrics, it always takes a few listens to fully, like, get those to set in. But just everything, all the other elements that are going on uh, just add so much more. And it's been great to listen to. And I, I truly do love this. And I can't wait for everyone else to be able to experience this record in full. Because um, I, I hope that they're just as blown away as I am. Thank you. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's really trippy to think of the idea that other people are going to be hearing these songs like we've been sitting with them for so long and it's I'm really excited to be able to share them like especially with my loved ones and and then everybody as well (laughs) Um, now I I know y'all have mentioned like you play these songs you listen to these songs like thousands of times (laughs) I'm in I'm in this position I got you know I gotta ask this question this 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 album's coming out in on june 20th but what can we expect on the horizon musically wise or do we have to wait another four to six years or what's in the wheelhouse well with the new pandemic coming (laughs) uh hopefully right now we're kind of in we're gonna be in lawn care mode as far as like thinking of the future this year we're gonna be starting recording of the new lawn care record which is also really fucking good and i'm really excited to be like having that exist in the world cam is like a really excellent lyricist and songwriter um but i think later this i'm kind of like working on an ep slash maybe album i don't know people i've seen some things where people are hating on eps and saying like oh fans go back to listen to albums like quit you know resist the urge to (laughs) to go the ep route because it's easier but there's like four or five songs that i have more or less fully fleshed out these guys have learned one of them and it's a, a monster yeah, yeah. learn is a very loose <laughs> way I mean, to describe it we i think we got there but it's definitely like you mentioned kind of the change from the first record to the the second record i feel like there's been a similar kind of like leap in terms of like it just like even wider span in terms of genre like it's yeah uh in terms of technicality yeah it's it's about like quantum mechanics through the lens of like a high school dance (laughs) uh it's extremely fucking angry yeah i feel like dance hates quantum physics (laughs) yeah i read a book about quantum mechanics and now i can't shut up about it (laughs) 
yeah i don't i don't know i i'm like very excited to like teach these guys the rest of the songs it's a lot heavier and like more screaming and that's kind of where i want to be with like at least i don't want to do that forever but i do want to put out songs that are like just really fucking heavy and i've struggled to write really i feel like my heavy my version of writing heavy songs is like diet heavy or like heavy junior <laughs> like i can't really <laughs> write songs like cersei or like hardcore bands you know mm -hmm. and i want to try and do that a little bit more and are you committed to the name because if, if you i should say the name I am not, so okay. we. Sh I feel like that's why we should say the name. <laughs> it's like a little, it's just like, oh, that sounds cool. But uh, we had an idea to call the EP Meth Nun, because I really <laughs> like the concept of a, a nun on hard drugs. <laughs> but, uh, and I thought, you know, ample opportunity for some sick album artwork there. Yeah. But, um, but I don't know if Meth Nun is going to be the final. We'll see. <laughs> But, fingers um, crossed <laughs> yeah i got some songs in the works right it, like themes are like i said quantum mechanics and like skateboarding like <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the two topics yeah, yeah. Just, like, you can see how they go together symposium on i mean that is physics right yeah, skateboarding yeah, is pretty yeah. physics well it's macro physics but whatever <laughs> um so yeah we've got some songs in the works that i want to ambitiously try to record like the end of this year considering that these guys only know one of them so far but i would like to keep the momentum going and try to potentially carve out a space for like doing a full u.s tour or like a longer tour than we have like a week-long tour coming up this summer in july so it's just tough with jobs and stuff you know tough yeah. to worry about rent even when you're <laughs> not living in a place for a month and paying rent for that month but um yeah just like doing more stuff like this like i've this is my first interview ever like i've never <laughs> done an interview in general let alone for yes yes so um i just saw that there was stuff coming out for fest down in gainesville i forgot that was a thing so that would be like a cool goal to try and play that or like some larger shows like that as we're hopefully gaining some more notoriety and a following. So um, I don't know, pretty generic ambitions, <laughs> I guess. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just well, like, yeah, use this as a springboard for, for, you know, getting a bigger audience and proving to the world that it's worth it to check us out, you know, like keep, keep delivering. <laughs> <laughs> well uh no like i like i totally understand the whole you know wanting to change up the sound because every like uh, the way i always think about it is every ep or album is just a time stamp as to where you are in that in that point of your life um so obviously you know these songs some of them have been around since i think i saw it like 2014 up until like the last few years so it makes sense as to wanting to change it um kind of bouncing off what what cameron was saying where it's like some people are really just you know album like I can't think of the right word, but like their their album heads, they want to just listen to albums. I personally like EPs because every once in a while, you know, an artist is going to have a handful of songs that don't fit uh, any of the other like albums or don't fit right. So like, but whether it's an EP album, 
you know, people are going to listen, do what you got to do, do what feels right. Um, and then to bounce off the other point, uh, if you need to start getting signatures to play fast next year, like the petition, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll be the, the first person to sign first one okay all right i'll hold Um, you to that (laughs) but yeah like i um you know hopefully that all goes well and like i can't wait to hear what this new uh new sound will be and the craziness that that'll come with it but um but you know we're i lost i lost that train of thought uh there but Mm -hmm. uh before we fully transition uh, I know we've talked a lot about the album, talked a lot about Yes, Yes in general, but is there anything that I might have missed that you want the people to know about? Um, I feel like we should definitely plug our tour that we mentioned. Uh, we're going to be hitting Philly. Uh, I don't know, should I sound off the dates or just like where so, we're going? So I think this is actually going to come out like a week after that, that tour is over. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, we could just say it was great seeing you guys yeah, yeah. in Philly, Queens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Uh we're excited to have already done this tour that you guys all definitely know about. <laughs> Sold out shows every night. Yeah. Um definitely check out Marge Barry um for artwork commission. They did the artwork for the front and back of our album cover as well as our t-shirts from like last year a couple years ago um definitely wanted to plug them um i don't know is there anything else that i'm a few other shout outs i guess uh so shout outs to really rad records you mentioned them put me album out been really great to work with uh i feel like the kind of like ethos of like I, i you know we talked about recording the record ourselves but i also feel like just kind of from top to bottom like it's been a a community effort so shout outs to ross riblet who made our music video did some really awesome photography uh he's just a hyper talented photographer videographer really appreciative that we have such talented friends shout outs to our pals for coming out to shows shout outs to all the new pals we're going to meet on tour um (laughs) yeah i really feel like uh it, it feels good to be like you know just everyone involved with this project it's like a labor of love and so i just really I'm grateful. Yes, and like we mentioned earlier, got to plug our other band that we are all definitely members of, Lawn Care, going to be recording this year, and I'm really excited to to spawn that record like it, it needs to be heard. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes out for that as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we fully transition to the later half of this episode, this is obviously Beers with Bands. Uh, you don't have to be drinking alcohol on these episodes because I would definitely do that for you. But <laughs> what are I know the three of you are drinking, uh, have a few beverages in front of you. What are you drinking on this fine Thursday night? I'm going to go ahead and plug. I just got back from a little road trip to Chicago and I lived in Wisconsin for a while. So I got some new Glarus. Uh, shout outs, one of the best breweries around. If you're ever in Wisconsin, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't get some, assuming you're a drinker. <laughs> Yes, uh, I just recently started drinking again after like a two-year hiatus. I'm all about hiatuses lately. <laughs> uh, so I'm drinking the what? New Belgium Dominga Mimosa Sour. It just is, uh, it's pretty good, I'll say. That's, that does sound <laughs> very delicious. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I haven't drank for, you know, probably 
three, four months at this point, but I'm drinking a good old glass of water. <laughs> Shouts out to water. What, what brand is that? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, the water brand. Pittsburgh tap water. Yeah, Pittsburgh tap water. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The barely drinkable kind. Yeah. <laughs> Probably no lead. That's the kind of water we got here. Uh, uh, maybe. Shouts out to no fluoride. Yeah. Controlling our And the listeners already know this is coming because this is literally all I drink most of the time is you know, a nice uh, cold PBR because it's cheap and it's already in my fridge. So can't nice. go wrong. Nice. Can't argue with that. Hell yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um, but now we're in the later half of this episode and this is the whole reason this podcast even exists. Um which is funny because we just talked for like an hour about everything about your band and now we're into the part where like this is what gets me giddy um (laughs) so this is where we just talk about some fun stories from your time in music whether it shows tours time recording uh recording music videos uh counts as that um it can be from when you're in yes yes it can be any project um basically how i normally say uh it can be horrendous to tremendous or any adjective in between (laughs) nice okay tell your ghost story dan oh i have a ghost story don't you that was from tour right exploding gatorade bottles oh man (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude i'm still freaked out like as soon as you mention that i get the chills all right this is a good one so what was his name the dude from old gray cam boucher i believe my friend Winthrop Stevens, who is in Philly now, used to be in a band called Hundred Acre Woods, very good kind of folksy band out of Philly. Um, went to school at Hart School of Music, I guess, in um, Hartford, Connecticut. And anytime we play Connecticut, it's like it's kind of just like hanging out with like 12 people you know (laughs) it's like they're all like dude i have finals tomorrow like why are you here (laughs) like it's a wednesday night like this what are you doing and we got tipped with like a a weed nug the one time like somebody literally they were passing around the tip jar and that we just pulled out like a gram of weed the one night so like you never know what you're gonna get in Hartford, Connecticut, honestly. And it's like always the chillest people, and it doesn't feel like a show. It feels like you're doing band practice. Well, this is rude, but I don't like kind of rude. It's it's in a an endearing good way. It feels like you're doing band practice with people watching, you know? Yeah, no, I like, I, I, I see. I, I totally get what you're. you're yeah, saying. I mean, I think it's more so on me that i'm going to connecticut on a weeknight you know like i'm judging the entirety of that state on just like playing shows on a wednesday when you have finals tomorrow but um so the one night we were there probably on a wednesday or something and very chill laid back show i know by the end of the show i was just like jamming out with other super talented musicians there and you know having fun like not it, it kind of borderline felt like a show and at one point i was in winthrop's uh sorry winthrop was living with cam boucher from old gray i never actually met cam boucher but i slept in his bedroom the one night <laughs> um you're one claim to fame that's right that's when i knew i made it <laughs> 
and his one roommate was not there as well i believe and who knows where they were at and let's see i think i was rolling a joint by myself in this bedroom to kind of just like have some get away from it all or whatever and have this you know little moment and uh i'd been warned earlier in the night that the roommate had like gotten really drunk one night and did the whole Ouija board thing where they summoned some spirits and never said goodbye, never closed out the sesh. So, cause they got too drunk, they like passed out and, and that was never closed. So of course the whole house is haunted <laughs> and I'm sitting there in that room rolling the joint and I, I forget, I think it was like a quick moment. Like this probably isn't the best story, but it just like still haunts me to this day. The, for whatever reason, this roommate would like assemble empty Gatorade bottles into pyramids and like had a pyramid of the bottles on their bookshelf that was like right behind me. And at one point, mid joint, the, the, um, the bottle pyramid just exploded out towards me and I didn't like actually see it happen because my back was to it, but all of the bottles magically, you know, like were just attacking me in an instant. And yeah, I'm getting chills. Like just thinking about it right now, like there's, I feel like there can't be any other explanation other than a spirit, like was just like, fuck you, dude, like get the hell out of my room and yeah is that a story i don't know <laughs> yeah no, you're you're good that that one that that works <laughs> a haunting in connecticut yeah yeah i mean isn't that one house in connecticut and shit that they did the whole movie on uh not that i know of but i think that's probably a movie in the making <laughs> now it is yeah. yeah the weirdest part of the story is just like wait this dude is like assembling gatorade bottles into pyramids <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah that's like a weird hobby to have like hey who's got gatorade bottles left that we you know i need to get my daily pyramid on or something <laughs> yeah and it was just presented to us in such like a like, don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> like, like, it does like we don't what, why <laughs> literally, why are you worried about it? <laughs> it is piss in the Gatorade bottle. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just don't, don't think about it. <laughs> it's what the spirit wants. Also, more so a PSA to just like close your Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Make sure to not do it in the first place, but then. If you do, you're gonna to want to close that. Say goodbye. You gotta add the the more you know star above oh, all of yeah. our heads. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also maybe not smoke weed around uh, a sober ghost. Yeah, uh, with a Puritan ghost. No fun. Wait, I should have offered. Yeah. I was just about to say, <laughs> did you consider like passing the joint to him. Like <laughs> puff puff pass. Well, they were impatient. It wasn't even ready. It was. <laughs> it was in the process. Roll pass, oh, you were still in the roll process. Uh, oh yeah. I don't think I smoked that joint. <laughs> You're like, I'm high enough at this point. We're, we're good. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sorry that I slept in your bed, Cam, without your, <laughs> without your knowledge. <laughs> yeah. 
That's okay. So that's yeah. one. Okay. And reggae. Uh, I don't see. I don't have like a lot of, um, like vivid memories. Um, like I, I just, I have a general just like positive feeling whenever I think about like us learning the record and like us all just being like miserable out outside but then we would just like take drugs and be like we're not miserable yeah. and like I just remember like so many days like that like just like the back of my head would like be throbbing from like just from laughing but I would also be like man I had a fun day and we learned like two songs sick totally. so like I don't know I don't like I don't have any like specific memory at least of like yes yes um but I don't know, I do have some of like when Long Care went on tour and that was, I genuinely view that as like probably one of the best like 10 day periods of my life. So I am just uh, really pumped to hit the road and, you know, make some more of those memories because it's going to be really, really fun. Totally. It's going to be interesting going on tour now as an older human whose back sucks more. <laughs> yeah, y'all are in your 30s. Yeah. I like, I remember... On, on past tours like reflecting on bandmates sleeping like on concrete floors with no pillows under tables and like now that would kill me i am certain i would <laughs> yeah. i would not wake up from that there's no fucking way uh so <laughs> we'll yeah, see i remember the last yeah like the last when long went on tour like it was like a month after i graduated college so i was like yeah dude this is the status quo for me yeah. and then like i remember like a, like a couple members were like way older and they're just like fuck my <laughs> back hurts and i'm just like same but like <laughs> shut up <laughs> not really, but, like. uh, uh i feel like some of my fondest memories from music and touring type stuff uh i feel like boston and worcester massachusetts kind of became like a second home i feel like i met a lot of people from there through music that i just never ever would have otherwise i mean that's true for like most places that I know people it's from doing music stuff but uh <clears throat> a good friend of mine uh James Iketa in uh Boston who plays as the Michael character he did these this concert series called Bane Voice I don't know why it was <laughs> called that but uh James is like a true gem of a human and these shows were like no other show I've ever been to where it was like all acoustic eight acts but always rain on time had like a full Ooh. charcuterie spread, like wine bottles, nice beer. Like it was just like the height of what I think DIY can be. Uh, and so I feel like a lot of my best memories are just like going there. I mean, I feel like there's a few other places where I, I have that feeling. Like I feel like when you go on tour, there's the ones where you're like, I don't know how this is going to go. And then no one shows up and you like go sleep in the van. But then there's this place where you're like, I know it's going to feel comfortable and I'm going to get to see pals so having those kind of like places just through the playing music and making friends that way is like a really cool uh rewarding thing yeah i mean that's that's something that i definitely miss about uh the times that i was on the road like me like i'm originally from iowa and i live in minneapolis now that whole move is because i met people through touring and became really good friends with them um i have a good pocket of friends in like uh richmond and colorado springs so you know we made sure to always yeah, the day before and the day after might be sucky shows, but you know those, the day that you're there and your friends are going to be there and you're going to st stay with them and hang out, and also you plan an off day just to make sure you get that extra hangs. You know those are going to make up for like the shitty days and long drives. Totally. 
Yeah, you got it rough out there. You got some long drives when you go on tour, I bet. Yeah, like I was just talking uh, to someone about this, about how like you East Coast people, and I know like Pennsylvania is not fully East Coast, but you guys are close enough uh, where you guys kind of have it way nicer where to go to a show, it's to go play somewhere nearby. It's maybe like a few hours, but for us to in the Midwest to really hit like the like next state or the next big city, it's a solid like five to six hours and then like especially if you want to get out of the midwest like it's even longer so like i remember the last big tour we did we did like a three-week tour out to california and like i mean one driving through like kansas south dakota and like wyoming there's nothing there and that's a 12-hour fucking drive by itself (laughs) and like it's brutal out here yeah 12 flat hours yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah i remember like fantasy building tour like routes for like Mm. a full u.s tour and i was like oh my band's gonna be so successful and i should probably be ready for like that full u.s tour like and just like mapping it out on google maps and thinking like actually maybe another line of work sounds great this is absurd (laughs) like texas is really fucking big and like (laughs) yeah there's nothing in wyoming like nothing in these states like yeah (laughs) Um, I did have one funny thought, uh, back, I used to be in a band called Fun Home, um, and before I was actually ended up playing drums in that band, I was just, like, dating one of the members, and they used my car for a tour back in, like, probably 2013 or 2014, and, uh, I remember for our Philly show, we played at, well, we played, they played at a a venue called Moonbase Knicks that a lot of our friends like lived at and somehow they landed a gig with Francis Quinlan from Hopalong bef- probably right before or after um what's their first album Get called? yeah right before or after Get Disowned came out so right before they blew up and mm-hmm. Francis played like a solo set and they played like a stripped down acoustic set. It was a great show. And we, we, we like, we're all nervous and giddy. Like, Oh my God, that's Francis. Like, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta make our move. So we like went up and asked her if we could get like a Polaroid picture with her. So we posed, got the picture. And then like, we're real nervous asking, like we came up with some scheme where we were like, uh, okay, we should, we should like, you know, have like an after show show at the, on like, uh, what was the venue called? Michael Jordan, the Brendan from Michael or Brendan from modern baseball's house. Mm -hmm. Um, you're like, Oh, let's have like a roof show. Sometimes they have a show on roof roof. So we'll tell her like that there, you know, there's this like secret show that you're not going to want to (laughs) miss. And we went up to him and we're like, uh, would, would you want to like perform on Roof Roof? Like a lot of, uh, you know, all the cool kids are going over to, <laughs> to this venue and like trying to like, not like trick her, but like, you know, trick her into like being our friends and like hanging out with us and like, Hyper, trust you, get, you're going to want to be friends with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we just like asked her and she was just like, oh no, like (laughs) i have work tomorrow like that's i see what like totally transparent like i see what you guys are doing (laughs) and uh we got got a little bit rejected there but um 
we were like this close, you know, yeah. really yeah. close. Sure you at least tried. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, and then we hung out on roof roof and it was a great night, yeah. but there was, there was no show. <laughs> we were really pushing though. Cause we already got the solo set. Like what do you need the intimate solo set for after that? You know? Right. <laughs> and then another thought I had from that same tour, or I was probably the, it was the next full band tour with Funham. We played in Montclair, New Jersey at the Hurt Locker, which I don't know if that's still a thing or not. But that was like the place to play back in the day, potentially still. And it's so close to New York that I don't know why we played New York and Montclair on the same tour but it's like probably 45 minutes or something <laughs> but um yeah we this is more on the uh horrendous side of the adjectives <laughs> for stories um we rolled up and the the person that like booked the tour for us had a family emergency classic so they just couldn't be there probably like last minute dumped it on some like the first person to say yes that you know was available and this dude ended up being like a super racist skinhead like just whipping out vietnamese slurs like it was not you know like just no thought to it and like slurs that i'd never even heard before and didn't recognize as that they were that but learn pretty quick and um so and the you know my band members were from vietnam so they were just like okay that's feel super welcome awesome you know like and just kind of avoided that dude because he was just collecting money at the door um so kind of just avoided him for the whole night and tried to like focus on the positives there's a lot of people at the gig it was you know other than that pretty good vibes and uh at some point during our set this guy wandered off with like probably 300 bucks or something just like left the door didn't tell anybody and then we heard from other people at the gig like oh yeah that guy definitely just went and blew that on a bunch of beer and drugs or whatever you know like can't be trusted and so we didn't get paid for that gig and then we go to our van and it was like my band members parents van and we go to close the trunk door and it like breaks and isn't closing and we were just like what is happening <laughs> like what did we do cosmically <laughs> to deserve this so i i've had good experiences at the hurt locker since then but yeah i'll never forget that as kind of just like a worst case scenario like yeah. that's your other than getting robbed i guess is like such a fear of not you being paid. Get robbed. yes <laughs> but i still had my instruments at the end of the uh, day yeah, yeah, that's true that's true <laughs> Jeez. i don't know have you guys had any like you know i think you mentioned a playing to an empty cincinnati room but oh, any yeah. kind of like horrendous tour stories like, i feel like the, uh i there's like a really well there's cincinnati which is like like sometimes you can play like these shows where you're basically just playing to bands and like maybe like seven other people and it like give there's like if the bands are watching it's like enough where it's like you feel like it's an actual show mm -hmm. uh but we were playing this one show in like cincy where 
literally there were there were no other bands um, there was one other band there, and they left immediately after their set yeah it was like hateful so this was like lawn care and so when we played like we were just like uh i played trumpet in lawn care at the time and the sax player we were just like nobody's here let's just switch parts and see what happens <laughs> Uh, and it it was it went horrible but cam was like yeah it's not I, nobody noticed because nobody was fucking there uh but i think like the next night or maybe the night before uh we played in decob like, oh, like an yo, hour and a half yeah. outside chicago because mm. we couldn't get in chicago and we like showed up and we were like kind of for like us like an hour we're just like what the fuck is this place it was in like a squat kind of like yeah and then like it was it was just like really weird like there weren't like a ton of people for the first few acts and then we got up there and like i remember turning around and the place was fucking packed and it was like the best show probably besides boston on tour and i was just like i will never forget like that janky ass warehouse but it was also like like people were like running into us like i i remember like i actually like hurt like i was playing trumpet and like i hurt my like it was like the second to last night of tour, thankfully, but somebody like slammed into my trumpet and like slammed me into my face. Ooh. And it like, but I was just like, honestly, if there's a time for that to happen, like I would want it to be for this. So like, yeah. it was like really sick. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That was shout outs to Cal, Illinois. Great spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, you know, when you play in the middle of nowhere, you're always like, no, is anyone going to come out? But especially if there's like not, it's a place where there's not a lot happening. Like people will come out for shit for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the the place to be where yeah. they're starved for any mm-hmm. kind of entertainment. Especially <laughs> on the weekend. Like I, I feel yeah. like you go in the middle of the nowhere, on, middle of nowhere on a weekend, like people are going to be like, fuck it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Like we played a show and I think I got it wrong on a previous episode. I think it was Rapids. I don't know. It's somewhere in South Dakota, Rapid City or Sioux Falls or one of the two. But we like pulled up and like the the promoter was like, hey, when you guys get to town, stop by my place. Like, I'll make you guys food. And we're like, okay, like, if anything, we're getting some free food out of this. And like, she was super nice. And then she's like, oh, yeah, it's this. Here's the address. It's a VFW hall, kind of like downtown-ish. And we're like, uh, VFW hall, like, let's see how this goes. Like, we pull up. At this point, we're all like 18, 19-year-old kids. And like, we walk in and there's just like, you know, the bfw regulars all at the bar and we're like there's no like we're the we we were the first band to show up and we're the touring band we're like there's no one else fucking here like this is gonna suck uh and then it was yeah one of those pockets of places where there's not like any bands coming through especially like if a big band comes through they're going to like the nearby town so like all these kids that don't drive like can't get there so like they're like oh fuck yeah live show so it ended up being like 40 to 50 kids that came out for this and it was a hell of a great time nice nice mm-hmm. gotta love those yeah it makes makes me think of kalamazoo michigan oh, I, I can't wow. i can't speak to like you know it's been six years since i toured but anytime that i went there in the 2010s like they go extremely hard you're gonna be partying till like six in the morning oh, yeah. <laughs> we played at my one buddy's house i don't even remember what the venue was called and we played like all 13 songs that we knew as a band and then it was like we started probably at like 12 30 
you know, in the morning and it was like an hour set. It's like one 30 and we're just like dehydrated and exhausted. And like, we had to be like, guys, we literally don't know any more songs. Like we, cause they're kept like, kept chanting like more, more, like, re- like leg- almost like legitimately pissed off that we didn't know more songs and like couldn't keep entertaining them. And there was still like one more band to go after us. And we, yeah, we had to make that, that fateful announcement like we're sorry but we literally can't keep playing like we don't know what we would play for you oh can kalamazoo i also went played in kalamazoo with the band i played it in college and we played like all seven or eight songs we knew and then we were the last band so they were just like just play the other songs again yeah so we just played like the first three songs of the set again Uh, yeah Yeah, that's Dan and I. Uh, we're, we, we have to tell this. Story. Yeah, our, our uh, one of our other COVID hobbies was playing D and D, and so we just did like you know Zoom D and D every week. And uh, towards by the time like we were resuming normal life, we're like we should play in a metal band about our D and D campaign, right? Because we were all like musicians and shit. And so when we played our first gig, it was like I think that was the first gig that I played since COVID. Like I I can't I don't think we. I think it was around Halloween of 2021, probably because the next gig we played was one year later, and we were like, we only play at Halloween. Like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like, yeah, shortly after the vaccine became available. Yeah, and uh, we played the whole set, which was about 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was like five songs. <laughs> most of our, mostly our, like our friends, there were a good number of people there. I feel like everyone was starved for live music at that point. Oh, so yeah. they were like, just play the set again. And we're like, we're not going to play the set again. And literally, like, I thought it was like one person saying, and the whole crowd was like, no, fuck you, you're playing it again. <laughs> so we played the whole set a second time. <laughs> and it was also like, people were going ape shit. It was at like a, a like, a lot of like folk punk people i think there was a folk punk band uh it was um there's a uh, it'll come the, to me uh loaded oh uh, holy locust was holy locust. so there's like yeah. a bunch of folk punk kids there who like someone like broke a light bulb and everyone was like dancing on the dirt floor and bare feet and i was literally like whoa guys watch out there's broken glass and they're like we know we don't care we put it we put it there like come on <laughs> yeah, yeah it was we like broken glass in our feet all right yeah. uh yeah we broken glass it was like it was nervous laughter like are we really playing this set again like are we allowed to do that all right also the gig gods like descend upon us and like spite us also don't act like you guys haven't done that multiple times they tried the second show that we played they tried to get us to do that and we're like nah that can't be our thing that can't yeah. that can't be the you band really that don't want to be that, that band. oh i thought i remember you guys playing that the set again I think it was just that one time, but I could be, I don't know. Because I, I, I wasn't at that Halloween show, but I was at that one, and I was just like, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys played that second time. <laughs> definitely did not. <laughs> well, then you should have. Next time, next time. We'll play <laughs> yeah, three yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> um, while we were talking about that, I thought of a funny, wholesome story that uh, this is actually, yes, yes, like pertinent. <laughs> uh our last full band tour with a different lineup we toured probably i think it was 2017 and we hit providence rhode island and we were like pretty you know when you go to providence you've probably been in a place that's like less than two hours away before that you know like brooklyn or boston or whatever so we had like all day to just like chill out at the beach 
and it's super rocky beaches in Massachusetts, obviously. So it's not really like a real beach day, but you're still there at the, the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> and I took off my shoes, probably my shirt, and was just like we were dicking off, hanging out in the ocean for like a couple hours. And I forgot that the tide was a thing. So the tide was rising while we were hanging out. And then I came back and we were like ready to like kind of go get some food and then go to the gig. And I'm just looking around like, all right, guys, what, what'd you do with my shoes? Like, where are they? come on, I can take it. Where are they at? And it slowly dawned on me like, oh, the ocean has consumed my shoes. <laughs> and I don't have a bag. I don't have any flip flops even. I have no footwear at all. Yeah, that's when you so, became a folk punk kid. That's I how think it so. That, and yeah. I just immediately jumped on a bunch of light bulbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what they call initiation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I had to walk to the gig in shame in barefoot while they all drove in the van. <laughs> I was like irrationally pissed off. I was like very upset that I'd lost my shoes. And we ended up like going to some super bougie shoe shop in providence to like buy me a new pair reluctantly but <laughs> i was just like everybody was like what is dan's issue like it's just a freaking pair of shoes like get over it when poseidon and, wrongs you you know it and it feels was, i should have known because they were pretty awesome shoes i kept um, them for like three years after that they're like my new favorite pair of shoes <laughs> <laughs> oh so you're saying that you losing your shoes is what caused God of War, basically. Yeah, that's, that's the prequel. <laughs> the yeah, fight sure. against Poseidon. <laughs> it's the D&D, and I can tell video games. Yeah. <laughs> different brands of nerds in this band, really. Yeah, we got we, yeah. a lot of different kinds. Yeah, yeah, really. different Honestly, I feel like it's like a scale. Like, I feel like Dan is kind of like right in between. Yeah. And you and yeah. I are very different types of nerd. I wouldn't say very different. Different but, types of nerd. Yeah. All right, we, we consume different consume different types of nerd. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I used to be a, a point on the triangle. I was very into Magic the Gathering and then had a moment in my life where I was like, Dan, you're spending thousands of dollars on these cards <laughs> per year. Like, we need to recalibrate. We need to readjust. And that, that was my uh, previous roommate. We'd, like, go out and I'm like, I think one of the last times we went out to a show at the beginning of May and like we came home and we, you know, drank a decent amount, got pizza on the way back. And uh, he, at some point that night, without like any of us realizing it, had ordered like a bunch more magic cards. So just <laughs> for, the, for the next couple of weeks, like every time the mail would show up, there'd be like a thicker package. And we're like, <laughs> we know what these are. Like you don't have to hide it. It's like, it's nothing. It's bills, bills. I'm paying bills. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I get many small two by three inch bills. <laughs> Very thick bills. <laughs> yeah, it's you can't be drinking and playing magic. It's a really dangerous combination. Trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just uh, we just moved out of the, our old house, and I didn't even thankfully have to like pick up his box of magic cards because I know it would just. He needed the dolly for that. Let's put it that way. Like, I was going to say, too many. one box? What's this? <laughs> there, this there, was, <laughs> <laughs> there was a few boxes. It, when he would bring out, he'd like have his like big like sleeves of everything and he'd like set them on the coffee table and it would take up the entire thing and then it'd be still like three stacks high and it's like, dude, what's going on? It's, you know, <laughs> once you get started. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I don't even use any of these cards. They're not in my main deck. These are just yeah. over here. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
Chad. These are my shit cards. But then I also got into vinyl, so then I I have no room to talk. It's oh, just, there you I, go. I, we all have our prices, yeah. yeah. It's rough, yeah. man. I just bought a new vinyl, and I haven't replaced the needle on my turntable for like a year and a half. And I'm like, it, well, it's just like something you do, you know. You just yeah. buy the vinyl. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, it, yeah. I I stopped using my record player, and then I just kept accumulating more records. And I was like, wait a minute, like I'm not even playing these at this point uh and then i moved and i haven't even set up my record player and i thankfully haven't bought any records lately uh because my tv's in the way is what i'm using as the excuse that i haven't <laughs> hey. put anything up but uh but yeah whatever helps you sleep at night <laughs> moving will really remind you how much you need to stop collecting Oof. junk like yeah. Oh, yeah. about you but every time i move i'm like why would i ever own any books no it's more so why would i ever move yeah that's true yeah, <laughs> yeah there's that <laughs> well thankfully i that the house i'm in right now i actually bought uh so i should not be moving anytime within the next at least five years uh so Fingers crossed that I don't have to do that <laughs> yeah. shit again. Hell yeah. Hope that for you. Yeah. Uh, which also means uh, if you guys are ever in Minneapolis, I have plenty of couches. Feel free to hey, get me up. You can't There's... lie to us. We see the sleeping area right behind <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you this, got it. this is just one. This is just one. There's another one in the other room. I'm going to call our notary over real quick. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I am a notary. I have my stamp in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm not even a lie. That's great. Uh, so you're our notary now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You let me know and I'll visualize it. And, um, all right. So what I'm going to do here is uh, I'm going to kind of like wind us. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just, this is a random thought before we wind down. Yeah. I just wanted, just wanted, I had a thought is gentleman speaker from St. Paul, Minneapolis, like is Minneapolis the, the two cities? Is that yeah, they're yeah, it's the same Mini, Minneapolis. Are you familiar with Gentleman Speaker, the band? Does not ring a bell. They might be from St. Louis. I might be mistaken. I think I thought they were St. Paul, but I don't know. I think sure. they're St. Paul. <clears throat> uh, dope Paul band. They they're one of the only bands that we've played with since COVID. So just wanted oh. to give them a quick shout out and see if you were familiar. Okay, I'll I'll look them up. There are a, so many bands in the Twin Cities <laughs> yes. that it's like hard to keep track of sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I came across, I knew of one band, and then I came across another band that has their same name, and I'm like, why? <laughs> We're in the same zip code. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I would uh, like to go on record and say officially, fuck a thousand times yes from Maryland. <laughs> you guys can fuck all the way off, even though you were first. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> or the, I forget who, but uh, some, another artist, uh, I can't remember the name, just released like an EP or an, an album called Yes, Yes, a Thousand Times Yes. Really? So I was just like, Oh, just saying. recently. Yeah, it's yes. a single. So, I saw because I Googled our band name for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So I would just like to say, Fuck them too. <laughs> right. Terrible timing. Thanks a lot. Right. There can only be one. We're going to hunt you down. <laughs> yes. Why so. did you not know more plans? <laughs> We're just gonna like come across like in the news like all these people just randomly have their house burned down, but it just also follows like the route of your tour. Surprisingly. <laughs> right, this interview can never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. We cut got that. a lot of burning to do. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it sucks too because I had like this whole thought of how I was gonna like connect things back, and then we got on the topic of arson, and now I'm like trying to ref- <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to like bring it back. But uh, yeah, arson's not known for really bringing things together. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Cam, Dan, Brian, like it's this has been a, a great Thursday night. Like, thank you so much. I I appreciate it so much that. You know, you took the time out of your Thursday to sit down with me and uh, talk about everything. Uh, yes, yes, and everything you have going on. Um, this record truly is amazing, and I really hope everyone else enjoys it as much as I did and as much as the three of you did, uh, you know, putting it together. Um, if anyone's looking for merch, music, or just yes, yes in general, where can they find it? Oh boy. Okay. So we, our merch is listed on Bandcamp and I'm thinking is going to be listed on really rads, uh, Bandcamp as well, or their website. Um, are you doing, I, I, I was also going to ask this earlier. Are you doing like any, um, physical releases for this record? Yes. So we're going to be doing cassettes and CDs of the record right off the bat. And then there's going to be vinyl available like early next year i don't really have like full details on that but i think we're going to be doing some like vinyl variants through choke artist out of new jersey and um one other record label um would have to get back to you on that i (laughs) get a little fuzzy on that at the moment and um that does give you six months to move your tv though so that's right (laughs) now that's a callback (laughs) yeah and uh, there's going to be some UK distributor that I know very little about that is going to be partnering with Really Rad to uh, put out, like, you know, deliver vinyl in the UK. So oh, yeah. um, vinyl is on the way. It just obviously takes some amount of physical, you know, time and space to produce that. So um, it's it's been a, a rushed release, but not too much so, I think, you know. So, we'll, yeah, we'll have cassettes and CDs immediately available. Um, we're going to be putting out some shirts for tour and obviously, you know, hopefully we'll have some available after when this episode comes out. Um, and then let's see, we should probably come up with some fun, like pens and whistles and all kinds of gadgets to, you know, produce, but that'll yeah. be TBD. Wax uh, cylinders. We're going to be dropping yeah. soon. Get That's ready. Right. The flop, yeah. I'm, I've been saying for years, floppy disks are, are making a comeback. <laughs> for the future. Put out super well, tiny infinite floppies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have the, the flamethrower for kids, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, yes. Okay. Yeah. And that like, you know, water jet pack. Yeah. Water jet pack. That's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Okay. Like, I always think about uh, that one scene in Spaceballs, just merchandising. It's all about merchandising. And he's got, like, Spaceballs, the, the lunchbox, Spaceballs, the cereal, Spaceballs, yes. the flamethrower. Like, just market the hell out of everything. Yeah, get ready for um, some Yes, Yes, Throwing Stars, baby. What's up? Yeah, boom. For, for the water jetpack, it'll be mo- moistendizing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it took me a sec to yeah it was more fleshed out in my head <laughs> um so and then yes we have like all of the social media outlets you to go back to your earlier question twitter i'm gonna my partner is gonna teach me how to be on tiktok uh we've got instagram is at yy1kxy that's kind of our like tag for everything. I'm trying to centralize it. So YY1KXY is going to be what to look out for online. Um, and then we have like 
YouTube, uh, you know, really rad put out Numsum on YouTube. I think the record's probably going to be on there and our music video coming out on July 6th, I believe. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yes. yes. <laughs> our record release show is July 7th. So I had to think about it for a second. It um, was July 7th. Yes. Yeah. yes. And it was sold out. As you all know. Crazy. Yeah. And we fucking killed it. Yeah. Killed it. <laughs> but we did not start those fires. Yes. <laughs> we have never been an arson band. We can legally say that accurately because at this moment. At this moment. <laughs> and we can get that notarized on this podcast. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, well, you know, depending on where you found this episode, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or you you know you watch the the video version you get to see uh, their lovely faces like I did tonight. Make sure you check the description down below. Uh, hit all those hyperlinks. Stay up to date on everything. Yes, yes, and you know be ready for uh, physical releases, new sh- new merch, uh, you know future future releases and all that fun stuff. Um, obviously, we, we've kind of mentioned it uh, a couple times. Lawn care. If anyone's looking for lawn care and wants to check it out. Where can they find that as well? Uh, mm. Lawn care dot. Uh, I don't know if it's lawn care PGH. It's just lawn care PGH. La- lawn care PGH is most things, but yeah, Instagram Bandcamp. Terrible search engine optimization on that one. I admit, uh, in <laughs> retrospect. Uh, but uh, yeah, lawn care PGH on Instagram, and you can find all the other shit from there. Hell yeah, and I'll put some of those description, those links in the description below as well. You know, see this. Uh, this trio in a different format you know everyone to go check it out if they can um, I know the tour unfortunately will be done by the time this episode comes out but everyone be ready for you know future dates uh, for when you know adulting can kind of get put on hold and you know hopefully catch them in a city near you uh, I, I, I know I'm looking forward to it and hopefully getting out you guys out to the Midwest um, but I mean other than that all I, all I can say is yes, yes, a thousand times yes to this record. It's so sick. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending the Thursday with me. And, uh, I mean, I'll catch everyone on the next episode. Wait, we got to do the screenshot, right? <laughs> we got to do a, a chugger. Yeah, I do that after the goodbyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you say goodbye, we cease to exist. We just dissipate. <laughs> but they don't, they don't know that. <laughs> Well, I should have just waited. Okay. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for having us on your podcast. This is my first podcast, my first interview, and it was a great time. Really appreciate it. Excellent host. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you, you so much. much. Uh, back in track. Yes. Yeah. Arson. Shout out to Arson. <laughs> 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 <laughs>